I started my business because I desired more freedom in my life than I was receiving at my nine to five job. I wanted to be able to travel for weeks at a time and take time off to spend time with friends and family when they came to visit me here in Hawaii. And I wanted to be able to have more time to do things that I love and that really bring me joy. But the reality was the first few months in my business were the total opposite of that. When I first started, I only made $2,000 total in the first three months, and I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. By six months in my business, I had finally filled up my one-on-one coaching program, but I still wasn't making the money I desired, and I was overworked and overwhelmed. I knew if I wanted to continue, I needed to find a way to use my time more efficiently while making more money. So I learned how to scale my business so that I could have more time freedom while impacting more people at the same time. Once I learned the secrets to scale for success, I was able to finally make consistent income without feeling overworked. I now work four to five hour days while making more than I ever did at my nine to five job. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you at my free masterclass, Scale for Success, on October 23rd at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. During this 60-minute masterclass, I will teach you how to finally hit your first 10K month, how to attract soulmate clients who are happy to pay you, how to simplify your offers and make them scalable, and how to work smarter and not harder in your business. I love giving away free gifts, so as a thank you for everyone who shows up and stays until the end, I will be giving away your 10K Blueprint, which is my step-by-step guide to achieving your first 10K month, which is valued at over $500. If you're ready to work smarter and not harder while making more money than you ever have before in your business, go to the link in the show notes right now to save your spot. I can't wait to see you then. Aloha, beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Uplifting Podcast. Today, my guest is Barbara Hewson. Some of you may know her as Barbara Stanny, the best-selling author of books such as Overcoming Under-Earning and Sacred Success. Barbara is one of the main reasons why I decided to shred all of my credit cards when I left my full-time job to be an entrepreneur. Barbara helped me to see that if I wanted to pursue greatness, I needed to get out of debt and needed to increase my financial IQ. In today's episode, we talk about why it is so important to take control of your money, especially as women. We talk about what she went through that led her to completely transform her beliefs and relationship with money. We talk about the number one thing you must change in order to become a high earner. About halfway through the episode, Barbara actually starts to coach me through something that I have been struggling with. This is a very vulnerable episode for me to share because of how open I am about my relationship with money and my own self-worth. I am sharing this episode because I know that there is someone out there who needs to hear it. So if you know someone who could benefit from hearing this empowering message, send them the link right now and be a hero in their life today. Without further ado, Let's get into my conversation with Barbara. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Lee, and I'm a business mindset coach, public speaker, world record holder, power lifter, and self-love advocate. I believe that there is so much power in owning and sharing our story, which is why on this podcast, I interview other powerful women about the challenges that they have overcome to be where they are today. 
My goal for this podcast is to create a safe space for all women to share their real, raw, and mostly unedited stories that will leave you empowered to live more authentically, openly, and freely. If you're looking to uplevel your happiness, success, and fulfillment, then you've come to the right place. Look at this podcast as your weekly dose of personal development and mindset work to help you shift into your most uplifted self. Thank you so much for pressing play today. And now let's find out what's uplifting you today. Welcome back to the Uplifting Podcast. Today, my guest is Barbara Hewson, formerly Barbara Stanny, who is the leading authority on women, wealth, and power. As a financial therapist, wealth coach, and best-selling author of seven books, including Sacred Success and Overcoming Under-Earning, Barbara has helped millions take charge of their finances and lives. She has been featured in several publications including and broadcasts, including Good Morning America, The View, The New York Times, and USA Today. I had the pleasure of meeting her in person this past May in Sedona, and after reading her book, Sacred Success, I was actually inspired to get rid of all of my credit cards and start focusing on my financial development. Barbara has been the greatest inspiration for me in changing my relationship with money. And I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. Welcome, Barbara. Oh, thank you, Randy. It was so good to hear you say that. I love knowing that you are really paying attention and and that my book affected you, helped you. Oh, Oh, it absolutely, it really just changed my whole relationship with money and the way that I I look at success as well and the importance of our financial development in pursuing our greatness. So I'm so excited to talk all about that today. But I want to start by having you share a story from your past that brought you into the work that you're doing today with women, wealth, and power. Never in my whole life did I ever think I'd be doing this work. I I grew up in a wealthy family. My father was the R of H&R Block. And the only advice he ever gave me about money was, don't worry, don't worry. Which, of course, under that was the unspoken assumption, there'll always be a man to take care of you, which I thought was great advice. I just wanted, I didn't understand money. I just wanted to spend it. And I married a man who uh, was a stockbroker. So I, perfect, right? But what I, what I didn't realize is that he was, a compulsive gambler. I found out very early in our marriage that he was gambling my money, my inheritance away. And I find out every year for 15 years, several times a year that he would kept gambling, even though he said, I promise I'll never do that again. And here's the crazy thing. I continue to let him manage the money because that's how terrified and, and intimidated I was by anything financial. And it wasn't we finally got a divorce after 15 years, and I decided money's not my thing. It's, I'm just not going to deal with money. Well, I had this theory that if you don't deal with your money, your money will deal with you. And I got tax bills for over a million dollars for back taxes my ex didn't pay for illegal deals he got us in. And of course, my signature was on everything. I did not have close to a million dollars, nowhere near a million dollars. My ex had left the country. I was left holding the bag. So I called my father and I asked him to lend me the money. And he said, no, no. And that moment, 
that was the moment I knew I had to get smart. I had three daughters. I was not going to raise them on the street. So, you know, I, I, I went to classes, I read books, and my eyes would glaze over, my brain would fog up, and I just think I was terminally stupid. But when you make a commitment, I really believe, I made a commitment. I had three daughters. I did, I did not want to be this kind of role model for them. But I believe when you make that kind of commitment, the universe revolves to help you reach your goal. And I was working as a journalist for the San Francisco Business Times, and I got hired for a project to interview women who were smart with money. And those interviews changed my life. I not only got smart about money, I, uh, I, I wrote my first book, and suddenly I had a whole new career traveling around the country doing financial education for women, but I couldn't make money. So I started interviewing women who made lots of money, and I started making six figures before I even finished my next book, Secrets of Six-Figure Women. And then I wrote Overcoming Under Earning to see if I could teach others what I had learned from these high earners. And uh, my third book was Overcoming Under Earning. And my last book was Sacred Success, the one you referred to. Wow, that's so amazing. I love how that journey unfolded for you. And what was it in the steps of going from really not understanding anything about money to making your own six figures and beyond, like what were the shifts that you had to make around money and your beliefs about money? The biggest thing, the biggest thing, and I, I, I learned this from my first book with, with the women I interviewed who were smart with money. And I saw it reinforced with women who were making a lot of money. And not all of them were smart about money. But what the difference was, is it wasn't what they did. It was how they thought. And when they shifted their thinking, everything changed. And when I shifted my thinking, yep, everything changed for me too. So that's, that was probably the biggest. And, and hearing them and hearing their beliefs, because it, behaviors are behaviors. If most, most financial education works on changing our behaviors. But that's, that doesn't work for those of us like me who weren't born, pop, popped out of the womb knowing about money. It's changing our mind. It's changing our, our mindset. It's shifting the neural pathways in our brain that allows us to engage in that behavior effortlessly and easily. What are some tips that you can give to people around the mindset? Like, What are some of those beliefs that we have about money that are holding us back from achieving financial success? Well, we all have our own beliefs. For example, for me, so <laughs> very early, very early in my, in, when I first, when I started going to, trying to go to classes and trying to read books and subscribing to all these financial newsletters, and I just, I couldn't get it. It was like I was reading Swahili. And so I went to a therapist and I said to him, I sat down and I said, Daniel, I really want to learn about money. I really want to get smart. I really do. And he looks me in the eye and he says, no, you don't. And it's like I couldn't argue. There was a part of me that I never knew existed that didn't want to get smart, that was scared. And as I examined, so we all have different beliefs, but as I worked and examining mine, I saw that I was afraid I was afraid that if I got smart and I saw responsibility, I'd screw it up. I'd lose everything. I was scared what my parents were thinking because they really believed that 
making and managing money was a man's job. But most of all, I was afraid that a man wouldn't love me if I became financially successful. And so it was by having those beliefs, by <laughs> shifting those beliefs, by having role models, getting lots of support, that I, and writing the books helped because I had all these role models showing me otherwise. Those are the beliefs I changed. But the idea is to understand what your belief. And in my books, I have exercises for people to get down to the roots of those beliefs. Because most of us, unless we've done a lot of work on ourselves, don't know what those are. So it's really identifying what those beliefs are that you have around money that are holding you back. Yeah. In fact, I have a, I have a short little exercise. Do you want to try it? Yes. That this is just a really quickie, but it's a very, very powerful exercise to get you to see what are some of those early, an early belief and early decision you made about yourself and money that you probably have no idea, do not remember, but is holding you back today. So you want, you want to try it, Randy? Yes. Okay. So everyone listening, close your eyes, take two deep breaths. Ah, that's right. And I want you to go back to when you were very young. I want you to go back to maybe when you were three or four or five, whatever age comes up. And I want you to recall your earliest memory of money. Just let it emerge. And if nothing emerges, don't worry, because when you're driving home or you're taking a shower or you're falling asleep, something will emerge. I'm planting the seed now. But if you can, think of your earliest memory of money. And then take that memory and freeze it like it's a photograph. So see yourself in that. See what's going on. And in that moment, you made a decision about money, about yourself, in the world. Okay, that's the exercise. Did you get anything, Randy? I did. I did. So I'm remembering it was around, I think, like my eighth birthday. And I have like a dress that my mom made because like anything that we had was always from secondhand stores or I never got anything new. And this was like something new, but like it was handmade. So I think to me, it's just like feeling like that's all I'm ever worth. Like even when it comes to feeling like I'm worthy of buying things that are quote unquote, like luxury items, it never really feels like that's okay for me. And have you noticed how that's, I mean, clearly you, you've noticed how that's affecting you today. Oh my God. It, I actually was going to ask you a question later on for my own benefit because, yeah. and it kind of comes up here is I feel like I'm at this income plateau and it's like, how do I get past that? And I think a lot of it is this feeling of unworthiness. Self-worth and net worth are directly correlated. In my book, I don't know if you've read my book, Overcoming Under Earning. I have not. So, I, th- I was like, I was like, wanted to skip that and go straight to sacred success. I don't blame you. Maybe I need to go back to that one. <laughs> I don't blame you. But let me suggest 
that there that is more like a workshop because I gave the workshop for 10 years. There, that is filled with exercises that will penetrate your deepest unconscious. It will help you change those beliefs. Okay. But the question, yes, thank but, but the you. question you asked me was how do you change those beliefs? Right. What were the yeah. And how do I, yeah. How do I, you know, get past that? I think it's directly tied to my belief that I'm not worthy of it. But yeah, it's like I see this plateau in like, like I've kind of set this subconscious income right. ceiling right. for myself. Exactly. You know? exactly. That's what I did. I had never, I had never made more at the most 50,000. That was a good year. Never more. And when I introduced, interview these six-figure women, it's like, oh my God, I started making six figures before I even finished the writing the book. And I didn't even know how I did it. So I sat down to try to figure it out. And that's where the Overcoming Under Earning book comes from. So let me give you the steps to overcoming under earning. Okay? Yes. And let's use you as a guinea pig. Are you up for that? Absolutely. Okay. So the first step is to realize, to tell the truth, to tell the truth about what's not working, which you have. You tell the truth about what's not working because, who was it? Somebody said, uh, uh, a, a crisis, <laughs> a problem ignored is a crisis invited. So... So what we want to do is tell the truth about what's not working in our lives. What most of us do is, oh, I'm not making enough money. We just want to shove it under the rug or we just want to power through it. But the first step is just to be aware what's not working. Everything was not working externally and what's not working internally. And one of that is your mindset. The other thing is your the, the, the money that's coming in. And there's probably other things in your life that aren't working. And it all goes together. You can't slice up your life like a pizza and say, okay, this is the problem I'm having with money. Whatever is affecting money is affecting other areas of your life too. So just tell the truth of what's not working. But also tell the truth of what is. And, and when you tell the truth about what's not working, you don't have, you don't have a solution. You don't have to rush to, to fixing it. That's not how the process works because we'll short circuit the process if we rush to fixing it. So the first is tell the truth. The second is declare an intention. An intention is different than a goal. A goal is a destination you want to reach. I want to make more money. A goal, a, a intention is your commitment to do whatever it takes to get there. It's like you're going to walk through fire to get there. And I'll tell you why that, that's important. Because when you declare an intention, two things will happen. And if these two things don't happen, then your intention is either you're not committed to it or it's not what you really want. Okay, you with me? I'm with you. Okay, two things will happen. One, you will start noticing coincidences. Like you'll sit down at, uh, on an airplane and someone next to you has 
just the information you need to pursue that intention or what you need. Just what, or, you know, you'll open the newspaper or you'll get an idea. Coincidences occur. If coincidences don't occur within the first week of setting your intention, then, then you got to go back to the drawing board. The second thing that will happen with these coincidences is you won't want to do them. You won't want to follow up on them because those coincidences will always force you outside of your comfort zone. And it is outside our comfort zone that all success lies. And that brings me to the third step. And the third step, the first step is, is just look at what's not working. Second step is declare an intention that you're going to change that and what it's going to look like. And the third is to stretch, to go past what feels comfortable to, to what feels impossible. You have to stretch. You have to do what you think you can't do. I ask under earners, when's the last time you did something you thought you couldn't do? And they kind of scratch their head, think about it. High earners, it's like all the time. It's a way of life. There's, they, they have what I call a, a high earner slogan. Their motto is, if it's not illegal or immoral, I just say yes. And so what happens is when you declare an attention intention and you're really committed to it. Like I declared an intention that I was going to make six figures after I saw these women making six figures. And what happened is I had to raise my prices. That was my stretch. That was my first stretch. And nobody, I got kept getting no, 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 no. But I was doing this while I was writing, interviewing these successful women. And I told them what was going on. She said, they said, keep at it, keep at it. Give it a good two or three more weeks. I gave it a month, and all of a sudden, I started getting what I wanted. I started getting what I wanted because my commitment was the commitment is uh, whatever it takes, I'm going to walk through fire. I'm going to do what I'm scared to do to make it happen because the number one requirement to going to the next level in your life, whether it is losing weight or making more money, it's always about doing what's uncomfortable doing what's uncomfortable. And the fourth step, so that's scary stuff. The fourth step is get support. Let other people know what you're up to. And when the scary stuff comes up, reach out. Reach out for help. Reach out for support. Reach out to your to your friends, to your colleagues, to your family, people who are truly supportive. And those naysayers, you kind of keep them in the distance for a while. I know for me, I had to stop talking to my parents because they didn't think I should be working. So I couldn't tell them about my attention. I couldn't tell them. But we're, we're fine now. But anyway, so the first step is admit what's not working. Tell the truth. Second is declare an intention. The third is do the coincidences that come. The opportunities will come. Do what you're scared to do. And the fourth is surround yourself with support. And the fifth is to respect and appreciate money. Because what I'm all about is not just earning more money. It's creating wealth, creating more than enough. So, so that you can live, you don't have to live in deprivation or scarcity because wealth does not come from what you earn. It comes from what you do with what you earn. And the way you appreciate and respect money is by taking care of it. And you take care of money by following the three rules. 
Spend less, save more, and invest wisely. And money is like anything that's valuable. If you don't appreciate and respect it and you don't take care of it, it's not going to stay. Yeah, that's so powerful. Thank you for that. And I think really for me, what it is, is like, I, I know that I step out of my comfort zone in so many areas, but I think it really is in in the ways of money, like charging more and doing those things in my business that I know are going to actually allow me to break through. Because I, I make six figures, but it's like, how do I get to that next level? Like I've made six figures before in my previous job before I left and became an entrepreneur. And now I feel like it's, again, it's just this this comfort zone, right, that I'm in. Like, I know I can make this, but how do I get to that next level? So thank you so much for that. Let me also define what an under-earner is. I think this is important because you can make six figures and be an under-earner. And you can make far less and not be. Under-earn, an under-earner is anyone who says, I wish I made more money, but... I wish I made more money, but I, I have three daughters. One's a farmer, one's a journalist, and one's a jewelry maker. None of them are high earners. None of them. But they are not under earners. They're doing what they love because it feeds their soul. And they're, they're living within their means. They have enough to meet their needs. Under earning is always a condition of scarcity of deprivation, not just of money, but of time, of, of choices, of freedom, and most of all, self-esteem. So if you're, I'm not telling people you have to make more money to be a better person at all, but I want, I, it's a really about power. It's really about power, the ability to do, to live life on your own terms. That's so powerful. And I think that that's, like you said, it's different for everybody, but it's, doing it unapologetically and going after that unapologetically. So I believe, I've said it in all my books, I say it everywhere, the work I do is not about money. Money is the metaphor. What I'm really talking about is power. And a powerful woman is someone who knows who she is, who knows what she wants, and expresses in that in the world unapologetically. Mm. So it's really, it's really about being in integrity with who you are and being willing to step up to the plate and do what you fear. Yeah. Thank you for that. So how do we, how do we do that? <laughs> What's the, you know, is it, is it just going through those five steps of overcoming under earning or is there what, how do you get from like you talk about the financial development of survival, stability and affluent, like how do we get then from that stability to affluent? So there's, let me explain. There's three levels of financial development. There's survival, as you said, which is not enough. Stability, which is enough. And uh, affluence, which is more than enough. Now, getting, you know, getting to stability where you have enough is fine for many people. You know, that's fine. And going from survival to stability is that process of under-earning that I talked about. Going from survivability to affluence, that's a whole nother process, which I wrote about in Sacred Success. But the most, the critical thing is to go from survival to stability, you must have a profit motive. You must love money. You must make want money. You, you, 
It's money's a good thing. It's a great. Most most women are have ambivalence about money, or they just don't like it, or the, they don't like the people that have it. Not most, but many. To go from stability to affluence, if that is indeed what you want, profit is no longer the primary goal. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It is something you want. It is something you want. But the primary goal is greatness. And greatness is what I define as paraphrasing a quote by Fred Buchner. Greatness is that place where your deep gladness, doing what you were put on this earth to do, what brings you so much joy when your gladness, your great gladness, meets the world's deep hunger. And that is what, so in other words, you have, you have to give up profit as your primary goal. But to achieve greatness, the very, the very thing is necessary in that you have to do what you fear because greatness always lies outside our comfort zone. So the first thing I would ask you, if you're willing to play this game with me, Randy, is what are you most scared of doing? Hmm. In, in what way? Like in what way? To, to, raise your, to raise the income. Get back to six figures. Hmm. What am I most scared of doing? And everybody needs to ask themselves. I even... Even though I kind of like, I'm I, I'm not into really raising my earnings right now. I'm 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 happy where I'm at. I, I'm not into that. I'm I'm writing another book and I'm focused on that. But I still ask myself every day, what am I most scared to do today? Hmm, that's such a powerful question. I think it's I think it's raising my prices for sure. That's that. You and practically every other woman, woman out there, and probably men too, who say, I wish I, m- I had more money, but the but is usually some form of, I'm scared to ask for more, mm-hmm. whether it's for a raise or to raise your prices. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need to be willing to do. That's what I need to do? Is that what you said? Yep. 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 You, you, what, what are you scared of if you raise your prices? I think I'm scared of, because when sometimes when I have before or when I've, you know, had a new price and then I've had a client and I've asked for that, I haven't gotten it. And I'm like, well, maybe that's because I'm asking for this higher price. And so then I go back to asking for the lower price, you know? And so I think it's, yeah, I'm afraid that I'm not going to get that. And you know something? There are people you will not get that from. Absolutely. But there are people you will. And I know... A while ago, I wanted to make more money. After I made my six six figures, my low six figures, I wanted to make high six figures. So I knew I started raising my prices. And there were people, my clients, who couldn't afford that. And I understood. And I referred them to other coaches I knew and to other programs. And I, and, and I raised my prices for speaking. I don't speak so much anymore. But I did raise my prices for speaking. And everybody said no right away. There will be people that say no. But the thing is, you have to create space for, for, for better to come, good must stand aside, said Young. So there will be clients you lose, but I promise you, as you value yourself more and you raise your prices, you will attract. Oh, if I have this cartoon right next to me. There's this, there's this two people that work at a clothing store, and, and, and they're, they're salespeople. And, and one salesperson is holding this, hideous stress and talking to this other person 
And she says, it's hideous. Price it high enough that someone buys it. Because it's called perceived value. When you charge more, people perceive you as having more value. Yeah, absolutely. I totally see that. And it's just, I think it's definitely believing that I am worth that value. No, you know, no, it comes back no, to that no. that belief I've had before. No. no, you don't have to believe you're worth it. The way you change a belief like that is to go through your fear. And when you fall down, you keep getting back up until you accomplish it. Confidence is a memory of success. And you might not get that success right away, but you eventually will. There's not a woman that I work with who wasn't scared of raising her prices or asking for more at the office, who wasn't scared because people would leave. And what they found, if you need overcoming under earning, you'll, you'll, you'll see that. What they found is that some people couldn't, didn't want to pay, but there were more people that came to them that wanted to pay. They were willing to pay. They had the money. So they had to work less. They, they worked less. And they, it's about charging the prices. You build your worth and then charging a little more. The way you break your belief, that, that, that disbelief in yourself, is by charging more, sticking to it, and watching people come and pay. Mm. That's how you break the belief. Yes. Now, here's what I suggest you do. Okay. Here's what I just worked with. I love that I'm getting, like, coaching from you right now. Right. I love this. I just worked. I just had, okay, I just had a client just a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, I think it was. She was a therapist, and she was very busy, and she was way undercharging. She was terrified to raise her prices, terrified, for the same reason you are. People won't go it. And she also, because she loved her clients, and she knew some of them couldn't pay for it. And she didn't want to disappoint them. I said, great. Any new client that comes to you, raise your prices. The next time I talked to her, there wasn't one client that came to her that didn't say yes, that didn't argue with her new prices. So she tried it with new clients. Then she went back to her old clients and said, this is what I'm raising it to. And I'm going to do it. And she said, I think it was like December 1st. So they had a chance. But at least what that gave her was the confidence, the belief in herself. And so she started raising her prices and some of them paid and some of them didn't. But what happened is she started getting so many new clients that she raised her prices again because she was just overwhelmed with all these new clients that were coming in. It's a myth that if you raise your prices, you'll lose everything. That is a myth. You might not get what you want right away. But you stick with it and you keep doing affirmations, looking in the mirror. I am worth it. I am worth it. Affirmations. Because what you're doing is you're changing a neural pathway in your brain that says I'm not worth it. That has been so deeply embedded there. Mm, thank you for that. That definitely resonates with me. So try it with new clients that come in. Try it with new speaking engagements that come in. And then eventually just see what happens. Don't be impatient. Just do it as an experiment. And don't, don't undercut yourself. Don't say, if they say, no, I can't afford it. Don't say, well, okay, okay what can you afford? Don't do that. Because you're telling the universe, okay, I'll, I'll take whatever they'll give me. I don't believe in myself. I'll take whatever give me. Mm. Yeah, I can definitely see how I've done that in the past of then going, like I said, going back to my lower prices. And then it's, yeah, I'm telling the universe, I'll just take what you give me instead of like, this is, this is what I want. This is what right. I deserve. 
And the universe says, okay, okay, we'll give you, we'll give you what you really want, and that's just be comfortable. You want to stay safe. Every one of us, our brain was wired for safety, our prehistoric ancestors. All the brain was for, the primitive brain, was to keep us safe and alive. But that prehistoric, every time we do to do something, every time we do to do something we're scared to do, our thinking rational brain, that's working right now as you and I talk, every time you go to do something new, the rational brain shuts down. The primitive brain says, no, don't go there. Don't go there. It's scary. It's dangerous. You're going to lose everything. And so you immediately go back to the old behavior. That's why support is so important. Yeah. And when it comes to support, like what does, what does that look like? Does that look like surrounding yourself with people who are earning more than you, who are, what does that look okay, like? Good, that's a good question. There are several layers of support. One is, is what I call your cheerleaders. They may not be making a lot of money, but they are so there for you. They are, you go girl, you can do this. You got this. So those you want those cheerleaders. And then you want people uh, like sounding boards that you could just bounce this idea off of and they won't feel threatened by it. They'll let you, they, they may not say go for it, but they're good processors. You can process with them. And then there's support by what I call way showers. It's like role models. Look at women who are doing similar to what you're doing or men. Look at people doing similar to what you're doing and look at their, they're making more money. They have broken through their their glass ceiling. So look at them for inspiration. Every woman I've ever interviewed has been my inspiration. And then there is, yeah, and then there's the naysayers. So we want the yaysayers. Those are the people who are cheerleaders, who are role models, who are sounding boards, who just say go for it. And you want to really not talk about it and minimize the time you're with the naysayers. Because naysayers will get under your skin. And so I said I had to kind of not talk to my parents for a while until I strengthened this muscle of, of high earning. Yeah, thank you for that. That's really helpful. And I know it'll be helpful, not just for me, but for everyone listening. So before my last question, is there anything you wish I would have asked you or like a final message that you want to leave? Well, I, I want to, I don't know if you're going to do my website, but I, uh, I have a pack. No. Yeah. We'll definitely, we'll definitely put all of that stuff, like have a section for when you can give everybody your website and how people can get in touch with you. But what would be like a final message or a question you wish I would have asked you? The final, the final, the, I don't know if I wish you would have asked me, but the biggest risk that you and I take as women. It's not it's it's not that our money will go up and down in the market or it's that we will outlive our money. That our money will not grow fast enough for inflation to take it away. And the biggest risk we take is doing nothing. And what you did, what you did, Randy, in getting out of debt, really watching your credit. That's the first step. That is the first step because as long as you're in debt, you are giving your power away big time and you can never create wealth or even stability. Yeah. You know, thank you for saying that because I, I did want to touch on a little bit 
like if somebody is in debt, what would be like the first step for them getting out of debt? The first step is to be committed to getting out of debt because people get really wishy washy. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a. Oh, totally. You know, you know that one. <laughs> I was like that for a while. So that's where you look at what's not working. You at least admit what's not working. And then when you're ready, you declare an intention, a commitment. And, uh, and what is a really good resource that I've given so many. Be careful of those companies that are going to pay, going to charge you a lot of money to restructure your debt. Don't go with them. A really good resource is nfcc.org, the National Federation of Credit Counselors. The National Federation of Credit Counselors. Find a credit counselor near you or online that you can talk to, and they will help you. They will help you restructure your debt. They will help you negotiate with your creditors. They'll help you develop a plan for paying it off. You really need a plan. But if you're, and, and hopefully, the first thing I would suggest for someone to do, well, it's call them, but if they're not ready to call them, they're probably not ready for this step, is to take all your credit cards, put it in a tin can, you know, an old vegetable can, Fill it with water and put it in the freezer. So at least you won't be tempted because you can't put it in the microwave to frost the frost edge. You have to wait till it thaws out. So at least let some time elapse between your urge to spend and your ability to whip out a credit card. Yeah, I love that. I had to just like get rid of all of them. I would just got rid of them. But I know that that might not be the first step for a lot of people. But I think you're right. The first step was really me committing to be like, okay, this is my intention. I'm I'm getting out of debt. This is not I'm because I was on that roller coaster. Like, okay, I'm I'm I I locked them away for a while, and then something would come up, and like it was always back and forth. And I'm like, okay. This isn't working. So, well, yeah, so let me thank just say you one more for... Thing. If someone's in debt and they can't get out of it and they find their 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 commitment is lacking and waning and they, they don't really want to, I went... I, I didn't even have credit card debt, but I had all this IRS debt. I, is Debtors Anonymous. Debtorsanonymous.org. It is a free program. You can give a donation if you want. It is a 12-step program that I think is the most powerful thing on this planet, in my opinion, to help you get out of debt and stay out of debt. Because it not only deals with the with the money part of it, but it deals with the internal part, your emotions, your attitudes, your beliefs, your decision about yourself. And it, it's, you get so much support. It's phenomenal. Mm, thank you. I'm going to put links to the NFCC and then for Debtors Anonymous too in the show notes. So thank you so much for that. And the last question that I ask on all of the podcasts, and it's related to taking action because I believe that that's really how we integrate what we learn, you know, through listening to these podcasts or reading books is by taking action. So what would be three action steps that someone could take today to live a more uplifted life? One, Think of one thing you're scared to do, and it doesn't have to be around money. One thing you're scared to do, get support, call your girlfriends, call a family member, tell them what you're going to do, and do it. And if it doesn't work out right away, stay with your commitment, keep going, get back up, and keep going. That's what I'd say. 
do what you fear because that's how you grow and go to the next level. Mm, thank you so much for that. And where can people find you, learn more about you? I mean, you're just such an incredible resource for everything, wealth and financial freedom and power. So where can people learn more about you and connect with you? Uh, my website is Barbara hyphen Houston, Barbara dash H U S O N dot com. And if you, I also run, I also have a group, an ongoing community of women, a safe place to talk about money. And we, it, it is a phenomenal group. We talk about money in the Facebook group. We have two group coaching sessions. So just like I coached you on here, just like we we do coaching over zoom and we have expert calls and we have just a very supportive Facebook group. So the wealth connection, it's called the wealth connection. So check it out. I have lots of resources on my page. Amazing. Thank you so much. And I know that this is going to be transformative for so many people. I mean, including myself, thank you so much for the coaching. I just love you so much. And um, just want to acknowledge you for the incredible work that you're doing and the millions of women whose lives that you've changed through your work. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it it was fun. I really love talking to you. That was really fun. Mm, I love talking to you too. Thank you again. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with me. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss one. If this episode really resonated with you, it would mean so much to me if you screenshot and share it with your friends and family or share it on your Instagram story. You can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes, which helps me spread the message and get the podcast heard by more people. For more self-love and powerlifting inspiration, come follow me on Instagram or join my private Facebook group, Self Love School. The links are in the show notes. And until next time, stay uplifted.